Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Villanova over Kansas victory special edition of the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Are we excited? We are excited. Absolutely. And what's even more exciting is we're back in your apartment. We didn't think we'd be back here, but we're back. We're back one last time. And what better way to kind of say goodbye to my Midtown Manhattan apartment than to do a podcast after beating number one Kansas at the Wells Fargo Center and after our trip down there. A terrific Saturday afternoon. Very much so. I love it. Very well worth the trip. As we were saying earlier, we haven't been wrong about a lot of stuff this year, aside from Villanova's housing policy, which we can get back to in a minute. <laughs> But I was happy to be wrong about the Kansas prediction. And I was happy to be right. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was terrific. I mean, what a game. Like, just taking years off my life, like Villanova's prone to do. But damn, it was worth it. Oh, my gosh. It feels good to get one of those quality wins again. Oh, yeah. oh yes. I'm so pumped. Yes, absolutely. 100%. As, and in terms of years coming off our life, our good friend Bill likes to say, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Indeed, yes. And that's how I feel. I, yeah. was, I was here for that good time, and it took years off my life, and so be it. I don't even like those years anyway. All right. Um, should we do some reactions from the game? Yeah. So I want to start, actually, with uh, the Shaq Fit, the awards. The Shaq Fit Man okay, Play of the it. Week and the Arf Arf Alpha Dog of the Week. The Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week, we usually don't cop out like this, but I got to go two plays. And they were the two winning plays that were made. We were down 55-51 with just over a minute left. Colin Gillespie decides that the game is a white elephant contest and the basketball, he's going to steal it. It was, that was amazing. Yeah. Then Euro step, drop, lay in, 55-53. We get, we turn them over or we get the ball back on the next possession. Colin dribbles a little bit, catches a piece of the paint, Dumps it out to Jermaine. Jermaine hits a nails three-pointer from deep to put us in a one-point lead situation. That was the final score, 56-55. Yeah. Shaq Fit Man plays of the week. Those two right there. Usually it's a big dunk. And up until that point, there was a bay dunk in there that Mm -hmm. looked like to be Mm -hmm. an early contender. Yeah. Yeah. But But no. Those guys made winning plays tough circumstances and made the win happen the colin gillespie play was awesome because i i've got to be honest after kansas did that little run they're up four points with a chance to make it six in my mind i thought this is over yeah and colin just had other ideas like i i have to admit i turned away for a half second and all of a sudden i, I kind of see him running down the court and i was like holy shit we got a chance yeah and that was that was just unreal and jermaine like We'll get to the the, the award for uh, for Alpha Dog, but I mean, he was the only guy who was really shooting well from deep today, yeah. and that was it. That was emblematic of it. Yeah. That was awesome. So with that, the Arf Arf Alpha Dog mm-hmm. of the week, Jermaine Samuels. Everybody. Has to be. It was Jermaine. This was a Jermaine game. You said it. You yeah. said this could be a Jermaine game. I thought more of a Bay 
Robinson Earl game, and I both of Bay and Robinson Earl played well, but it was a Jermaine game. Jermaine made was so critical to this victory. And right? we talked about it last podcast. We wanted he had been the guy who we kept saying was like a little bit a little bit slow coming along this year. We wanted to see a little bit more from him, and you couldn't ask for a bigger game for him to appear in and have that spot. Like you gotta think that's given him confidence going forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to help him with having, like, a superstar mentality. 100%. He, like, that, that he, should, he should feel really good about being killer. And one of the things – I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Like, one of the things I love – I just – I have liked Jermaine for quite a bit. I, I know he had got off to a rocky start in yeah. his fr- freshman year. And then the first big game that he had was against DePaul going back to the 18-year. And he had, like – a Ten point game 10 or points, something yeah. like that, and broke then he immediately hand. broke his hand, yeah. and that kind of shelved him. And so his freshman season wasn't a lost season, but it was just not what you'd hope it would be. Yeah, I love a guy who you can see in real time over the course of his college career earning his own confidence. Yeah, and today I'm hopeful that today was that aha moment, that final aha moment where he says, "Yeah, that's right, I'm a fucking man." Yeah, and I gotta say, I, I want to give him a little bit of kudos too. Defensively, he was he was very solid this yeah, game yeah. too. Everyone was pretty good today. Yeah, but Jermaine in particular and Bay on that last possession. Yeah, and I, I want to touch real quickly on on your point about confidence because um, it was interesting. We listened to the the post game, and Jay had Jermaine and he had Colin, you know, as he should, as the two guys who he brought with him to the post game. And one of the the reporters asked Jermaine about you know what's kind of changed from last year to this year in terms of how you approach the game, confidence, shooting, all that good stuff. And Jermaine was very diplomatic. He's like, oh, you know, my team has faith in me and you know, coaches have faith in me. It's kind of a generic answer. And then Jay said something, look, I don't know how true it is. Like, I don't know if Jay's just, like, throwing a bone to the reporter or whatever. But Jay actually said, he said, oh, Jermaine's, like, being modest we actually like didn't basically didn't allow him to shoot, or like I told him not to shoot last year, which I thought was really interesting. And it may have been an exaggeration, but there's probably some element of truth to it, which perhaps explains a bit of you know while he why last year at certain points he was just literally holding the ball and stopping the offense. Now yeah. it was probably a bit extreme, but it is it is interesting to see that hey at some point exactly your point. Jay gave him more of that green light. It obviously started to pay off last year. And again, you know, Jay wanted more from him this year at the start. And now hopefully this continues to grow and just really unlocks another piece of this team. Yeah, absolutely. And if Jermaine Samuels can step up and be like a superstar performer, then... Good fucking luck to the rest of the league. Yeah, the expectations definitely change. Yeah. And so let's kind of go right into that. Let's right? do it, yeah. Because... Expectations of the team is what everyone's going to talk about. Like, okay, we beat number one. What does that mean? And one thing I want to highlight, too, is that we beat number one. And I know we talked about being down four. I would have, even though I said going into this podcast, uh, last week's podcast, that when we were prepping for Kansas, I would I said a close loss or a win, either way I feel good. I'm glad we got the win. Yeah. A close loss, I would have been fine because I would have known that we had some confidence to build on, like a little bit of a moral victory for keeping it close with number one. But the way Kansas played today and the way we played today, we were 
clearly the better team. Yes. Like, like I didn't walk away from that being like, oh, man, thank God. We got lucky to beat number one today. Not in the slightest. We should have won by a bunch. Oh, yeah. And we, Rob and I were just doing a little bit. Just borderline math of like... What borderline math? Borderline math, <laughs> not like real math. Yeah. Borderline math. Borderline math. And we shot twenty four percent, ten out of forty one. Forty one. Wow. Two thirds of our shots were from three. This is a team that shoots thirty eight percent from deep on average. Now, I don't believe that you can just point to the season average. This was a defensive yeah. effort. The, the game rhythm was a little choppy. I don't think you can expect the average. But even if we just were like 30%, yep. we hit two more threes. Yeah, that's, that would, that's what it equates to, is two more threes. Yeah, right. That's what it equates to, two more threes. We would have been, we would have won the game by seven. Yeah. Right? And, and we wouldn't even be in that situation at the end of the game. Now, I get it. Granted, like, you can't really do that because every game develops differently and you kind of have to play it how you play it. Fine. My point is, is that there were several threes that yes. we take that were halfway down. Yeah. They were op- wide open looks. Some of them we airballed. I yeah. thought there was a funny comment. We'll get the comments a little bit later. There was yeah. a funny comment. It's like, imagine losing to a team that airballed four times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, there were so many looks that just like, you could see the guys, like young team. Yeah. Playing number one, little extra juice on the shot. Maybe a little bit, a couple could misses, be. a little bit of the yips maybe. And, and so if you were to... Uh, equalize the performance a little bit. We were clearly better. Yeah, I think that's my takeaway too. Is that yeah, you don't want to just jump to the average, but I think there are a few of those shots that you would say, eh, another game. A few of those probably go down, and this is a this outcome is totally yeah. different. Yeah, and you a lot of people say, well, another game, a lot more go down for Kansas too. Mm, no, no, they didn't have a lot of open looks. They did. They had a lot of. They did get a couple of those dump downs, dunks, things like that. They had a couple of open shots of the rim, but they didn't take a lot of threes. Yeah. Which to me is poor strategy on Self's part. Like I like they actually have shooters. Not taking. They a lot have, of yeah, they have a few. Yeah. Is poor. But but I mean that is, as you talked about last time, that is their broad team strategy. They do not take a lot of threes. Yeah. Self has built his team. Around Look, Self seems to have built his basketball philosophy in the early 2000s, and it has not evolved. No, no, not at all. Jay Wright built his team and built his philosophy in the early 2000s and then got hit with a rash of injuries and then, thanks to his supporting coaching staff, evolved his philosophy and realized the value of the three-point shot and has been talked about before, very much evolved his basketball strategy, and you saw those two different things at play today. So to beat number one in a game in which we emphasized that strategy and still did not execute well because we did not hit the shots that yeah. we should have hit, yeah. to beat number one, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. And I would have been pissed if we lost because of that very reason, because it was a winnable game. It was a winnable opportunity. Kansas just... I wasn't too. I didn't come away like blown away. I, I was came. Up, I not really impressed. thought we held Dotson to fifteen, but I did come away impressed. But Dotson, I, I think mean, Dotson's he, a player. Do, Dotson's that he's a he's a player. Totally agree. Um, Azabuki had no juice, and I was he had no juice, no juice today. He just he was totally a, wasn't a factor. He really wasn't. I mean, he he definitely affected our willingness to take it into the lane. And put up some of those inside shots, but all in all, he was not the player I expected him to be. Yeah. So look, a lot of the uh, we were saying all of that to get to the point of where to go from yeah. here, expectations wise. Absolutely. 
There's a couple of things. One thing, yes, we beat number one. I think the biggest takeaway from the win today is that extra boost of confidence factor for the team going forward. We could talk oh, about yeah. it in the sense of individual players, but also in terms of team defense. 100%. Jay can point to the guys like, you see what happens when you stick to defensive principles, when you focus on this shit and you do that. Like I think a lot of that is what the, will push the team in the right direction. We talked in the previous podcast about how Kansas was such like a bellwether yeah. team and like what that means for the program. We won the game that we... That winnable game against them, we proved to ourselves that we can hang with the big boys. Yeah. And now I think this team can propel on to slightly new heights, newer heights, with a slightly revised set of expectations. Now, you could say, well, wait a second, we have to be number one. Why aren't your expectations going way up? I don't think that there's a particularly strong team in college basketball this season. Yeah. I'm, I, I've watched quite a bit, and I'm not blown away by, quite frankly, anybody. I mean, look, that's the common narrative across the basketball landscape. Like, right. You're saying nothing crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I wasn't going on a limb to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. So I don't think while Kansas is a measuring stick program-wise and for this team, and I think that the energy from the victory will carry this team going forward. I don't think that Kansas is like this world-beating team that now we can say, oh, we have a claim to be number one or anything like that. Well, yeah, and I, I think there's. I, I want to differentiate a bit between the boost of confidence and and what this does to the ceiling of this team versus literally the expectations. So now I see, now I view a little bit of the ceiling of this team to be potentially higher because yes, we have a top tier quality win. Kansas is going to be a top 10 team all year. Like that win is going to play out in March. It's going to be solid. It's going to be something that our guys can look back on and say, yeah, we know we can hang with anybody who comes in our court or we play in March. What I think is is more challenging that we haven't quite seen yet is the level of consistency from this team to be able to say, ah, yes, I'm banking on a Final Four run because a Final Four run not only requires a high ceiling, but it requires that level of consistency, and I need to see a little bit more from this team before we start to get to those those level of expectations. Yes. Now, what I really, really like about this, that tying back to our podcast last time, is as a measuring stick, this this is the first big win that's driven by, I'll, I'll call it, the new guard yeah, of Villanova basketball. It's a new era. It is. This is a new era. Like, Phil and Eric were the last remnants of the last call it, the last five years, the last half decade. And with how much we emphasized Phil and Eric last yes. year. Yes. That was still an it was old them. world team. Absolutely. There yeah. were and we, we did a little bit of checking on our ride drive back today. There were no real huge like defining wins last year that I could say, oh, that was a Colin win and that was a Samuels win. No, it was really all around Phil and Eric. This is a new guard win that this team can coalesce behind and say, we know what our ceiling is, and our ceiling is beating number one. And it should give these guys a fuck ton of confidence going forward. And frankly, gets me so pumped. Because yeah. like bringing it back to, and I know we got some feedback from some of our listeners, they hated this, but like bringing it back to last, at the end of last season, we said, hey, we don't know what this means. Like the, the, the legacy of last season is unwritten. Like, I'm excited now. Like, this yeah. is, we are starting to see, Jay is starting to put the stamp on the new class and what there's, what this program is going to be for the next five years. Yes. And I'm pretty fucking pumped. Yes. It, 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 it is funny that you say that because in a weird way, winning this game 
and having it happen via Colin and Jermaine and Bay making like all those winning plays to get the job done makes me say, okay, the Phil and Eric year last year wasn't a loss because those guys came along in that year to be able to rise to this occasion. Yeah. Enough. I thought we had a lot, lot of conversations about how we thought it should have been more yeah. that direction yeah. last year. But for a lot of reasons why, I think Jay would say he felt that it was necessary that he did it this way. But now this new team, this new guard, has their own stamp, just like you said, of a win. And these guys can say, we drove the win. Look, if you're not on board, get the fuck on board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a great team. Like These guys are awesome. Yeah. Like. They epitomize Villanova basketball, and I cannot wait to see what the next few years becomes. Because yeah. this is a group that I want to get behind. Yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And let's go back to the initial – let's go back to our original podcast for the season where we said check your expectations at the door because this is a young team. Okay. Now you can pick up those expectations. I think you can start to pick right. them up. And we said, and we, we were actually going through the records. We were looking, okay, we're going to have 11 games down before we start Big East Conference play on uh, December 30th versus Xavier. And you, we, we were saying, okay, what records do you feel good about? And I think the number that we had said was like the median was like 8-3. and three. Yeah. 7-4 and four was kind of like leaning towards mm-hmm. a bad side. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but seven and three, eight, uh, sorry, eight and three, seven and four were like right where we thought that you could feel okay. We figured, we figured there were going to be three losses getting into Big East play. Yes. And now there's two. two and with a win against Kansas. Yeah. And so now you say, okay, I'm now comfortable with raising this team floor. I don't think anything that we said in that original podcast was wrong. I just think that it was a matter of, the team coming along and progressing and getting behind the leadership in the new era. And to be clear, there are still going to be some ups and downs as we move through the Big East schedule. Oh, yeah. We're going to pick up some losses where you're going to say, should, should we really lost that one? Yeah. Probably not. Right, right. But the floor the floor, and the ceiling are shifting in the right direction. Correct. At this point. And the thing that I really want this team to take away is the defensive effort. Because there's going to be games where the shots go down. And there's going to be games where the shots go down in significance. Yeah. But, like, there's going to be games where the shots don't go just like this. And if we can maintain that level of defensive uh, intensity, effort, and also just focus, because a lot of the switching relies on such a focus and just thinking through and whatever and making quick, good decisions. If we can maintain that level... With our preparation, we can get there. We can. We this team can be and be a top ten type team. Yeah. No, I agree. A um, couple other things that that might come up in terms of like broad takeaways from this game. One is is inbounding. So yeah. I want to spend a quick minute on this. Um, so obviously, at the end of this game, and this has been a recurring theme throughout Jay Wright's career, right? Um, there was a really weird sequence at the end of the game where we had a chance to. Uh, inbound the ball and essentially eventually get to the line and kind of salt the game away. We had, what was it, four inbounds plays in a row that we had to run, which is basically, uh, in terms of things that are most challenging for Jay Wright's teams to do, that would probably be about the highest, right? Like, there's the track record of inbounds is, is, is all over the place. So what was fascinating, though, we, we executed, I think, what, two or three in a row and then turned it over, of course, on the last one with that inbounds to Colin. What was fascinating was in the post game, 
Jay said, quote, I've never been in a situation like that before where we had to run that many inbounds plays in a row. And he actually said, we only have three yeah. press inbounds plays. We ran out. We ran them all. We ran three successfully and then said, oh, shit, we have to do another one and ran the first one again. And they just had to cover it. And what was interesting is Colin was actually open for a split second for, on the fourth one. For a split second, not on the overhead. Right. But in in like an immediate, like, he was he boxed the guy out. Yep. And if he got a bounce pass away from the defender, he would have gotten that ball pretty easily. Right. Bay just didn't see it. Bay yeah. either didn't see it or deferred because he was trying to do something else. Right. And then had to fly back to Colin at the last second so we didn't get a five second. But, but yeah, point being... Actually, think about this scenario not as the typical, oh, I'm going to knock Jay Wright on the inbounds plays. This was a super unique situation that you would have to run four inbounds plays in a row. Yeah. Super wild. And actually, I still think you can knock him a little bit on the inbounds plays. I'm not going to go to say, I just did it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, a little bit comes down to execution, but, but whatever. It was just realize that it is such a unique position to be in that you would have to run three of those consecutively. Just super weird. So anyway, that was, that was my, my quick takeaway on that one. Um, any other big takeaways from the game? And we talked a little bit about Samuels, obviously a huge game, inbounded big thing. I want to say, I also didn't think we got any favors from the referees. I was there live. Uh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was like a horribly refereed no, game. No, no, no. I just don't think we got any favors from the refs. So I think that if anything, I thought Kansas got a little bit of the better whistle. Yeah. Again, we won, so it's not a sore loser type of comment. It's just. My takeaway. Yeah, my, my one other thing that I observed, and we talked about it, it was more of a first-half thing, was it almost seemed like a hesitancy to really shoot the ball in the first half. The Swider only- in particular, who I felt like he could have gotten... Like, Swider needs to realize he's like 6'8". Yeah, like, oh my God, he was like, towering over whoever was guarding him. Yeah, just jump and shoot the ball. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with him taking that shot. Like, if anyone on this team has the right, in my opinion, to pull up and just take the green light, it's Swider. Yeah, I mean, the the only guy who would, it seemed to be really forcing the issue and making sure that we were actually shooting the ball was Justin Moore. I know. And it's to, a, to a degree where I was like, oh, my God, dude, sometimes I'm like... Yeah, but... Uh, I, I get I'll, it, though. I'll, I'll push back on that. Like, I get it. Somebody had to do it. There was literally nobody else doing it. Yeah. And he was the one who was like, hey, guys, we can't keep turning the ball over. Like, we need to get a shot up. And he did that. So like, to a certain extent, your point is more like... Because Justin was aggressive, yeah, that it inspired aggression from the rest of the team. I don't even know that it inspired aggression, yeah. but it was literally like somebody had to fucking do it. We turned the ball over like two or three possessions in a row, yeah. didn't yeah. get a shot up, and it was just like he was kind of uh, he kind of came in and was like, all right, guys, we uh, got to shoot. Uh, you, I, 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 I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. So I, I appreciated that. Second half, he made a couple decisions. You're like, eh, maybe we should have deferred a little bit. But yeah. hey, anyway. There was one that was funny where he forced the issue. And we were talking about it early in the game. I was like, force the issue, force the issue. And he got in to take a layup and got demolished. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Um, Jay's game plan's great. Jay just has Bill's self's number. It, it's hilarious. They're both, I mean, they're both Hall of Fame coaches. And I'm sure the respect goes both ways. But it's, it's hilarious watching Kansas fans on social media talk about Villanova. And there was one great quote. Um, one great social media post. It was like, for the fact that Villanova and Kansas have only played nine times over their entire history, which I, I don't know if you check that, 
it's amazing how much I hate playing Villanova, <laughs> which I think is so true. Like, Jay just has Bill's number. Aside yeah. from 08, when Bill Self was just had a way more talented team, as we've talked about many times before, Jay has just done a better job coaching. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's two things. Jay's done a better job coaching, and that's a broad way to put it. And I agree. Yeah. I think there's some Kansas fans who are just reading through the lines on social media. There's some KU fans that are like, "Oh, Bill sucks against. He's a bad game coach. Blah blah blah. Whatever." I think it's a little bit more of how Bill self recruits. Like I think it's like a yeah. personnel matter, and I think Bill Self gets forced into playing a certain way against our brand of basketball, yeah. and that makes it more difficult. And I don't necessarily know if it's the in-game decisions that are poor. Not to say that he doesn't make mistakes, but just I think it's actually a little bit more of like I think that Kansas, in particular, of all the big programs that we that we've played a lot, I think they have they struggle against our style of play. Well, it's interesting if we think it's going back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier, where Kansas has very much taken this approach, and Bill Self clearly loves to play like two traditional bigs, if you will. Like Azubuke and McCormick are not bigs who stretch the floor, right? He hasn't embraced that, and I would say Jay is probably the first furthest extreme where he has absolutely embraced it, and he absolutely wants guys who spread the floor, which Jerry is is great and is probably a, a net. Like superior player to to DCR, but there's a reason why JRE has gotten so much playing time this year because it allows Jay to run his offense and spread the floor. You look at other coaches like Shashevsky. I think Shashevsky just takes the best players available, and Calipari takes the best players available and kind of melds them into okay, whatever offense I can put together around these best players. It's not as if hey, I'm going to take a Golden State Warrior offense approach. Yeah. It's literally like I'll make what I'll make whatever I can out of the ingredients that I'm given. Self is very much I want two bigs and I'm gonna take some guards. I want one guard who can cut it up. Yeah. A couple other and guys who can kinda of shoot. Kind of shoot, yeah. Yeah. He but he, he doesn't embrace the threes and it comes back to bite him against us. Seems to be every literally every two years. Yeah. <laughs> as as our friend Sandra pointed out, I didn't realize this earlier. Twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, twenty eighteen, twenty twenty. Yep. Villanova versus Kansas. Love it. I actually would say that if if you're going to point to Jay being a better coach than Bill Self, which I think he is, but I I actually think he is clearly. But if you're going to point, I actually think that the last two seasons are actually your best proof. Kansas was, in terms of preseason expectations, what they look like on the floor, imposing this rank, whatever measure you put Kempom, whatever measure that you apply, like should have won the should have won last year's game by a good amount. Yeah. And should have won this year's game by a little. And Jay overcame on both. I mean, we we lost last year's game. But last year's game was way more hotly contested than it probably should have been. Yeah. Oh, so, absolutely. We should have gotten blown out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think those last two – I think this year and last year are actually a proof. Because I look at 18 and I was like, no one's fucking beating us in 18. Oh, dude. Yeah. And that 16 not. win was obviously a big one. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right, my last quick takeaway before we jump to some other topics. Um, no Brian Antoine today. Yeah, no Antoine. Definitely something to keep monitoring. you got to think Jay wants to work him in over the, over the break. You're not going to hear a lot of Antoine noise out there because we just beat number one Kansas. Had we lost, you might have started to hear it's, some it's Twitter true. noise about, oh, why don't we play Antoine, what's going yeah. on, yeah, whatever. I, and I have to imagine there's – not as much 
behind the scenes drama as there was with JQ. Like seems to be a program guy. So yeah. and and look, going back to again our kind of start of the season predictions, we didn't expect to see Antoine really worked in until we got into January and February, and that seems to be the case. I do really hope Jay makes a concerted effort to start building those minutes. Today may have been an exception. You're playing number one. You want to make sure that you put your stamp on the court and you put your best five guys out there every time on the floor. And you may have said, hey, we're going to hold him back a little bit. Jay's strategy is to build his leaders early. And that's and that seems to be the case. That's what holds freshmen back in Jay's system earlier more than anyone else. That's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Okay. One final piece of housekeeping yeah. is we do owe Villanova University we do an apology yes yeah, we don't retraction. like we don't like mea culpas but we have to issue a retraction in good faith yeah um which we I, yeah, some, I'd love to be wrong yeah I'm, I'm super glad I'm, I'm happy wrong. to be wrong yeah I'm very happy to be wrong which is part of the reason why I'm doing the retraction <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, a little bit of mea culpa got a little bit of bad info and but it was but I bought it because I was it Oh, back are, you, are you blaming it on your sources now? Yeah. No, just, I'm, oh, blaming just it, I'm blaming it on, it on myself. I didn't corroborate. We, 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 I didn't corroborate. I didn't corroborate. It's my fault. We had an agenda. We ran the agenda. We ran the agenda. Yeah, I had asked it. someone, does Villanova open up and stay open for the students to stay on campus over during break games? And that person had said no. A relatively recent graduate. I thought, okay, that aligned with my expectations because they didn't when we were there. Right. Right? So I was like, Which, okay. now we old as fuck, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but I said, okay, okay, this aligns generally speaking. And someone called out to me after the podcast and said, hey, you guys got this wrong. Villanova, four students who won the lottery just for the Kansas game, so yeah. not any other break games, right. but just for the Kansas game, allowed students to stay on campus for that. And for that, I say to Villanova, good job. Yeah. And, Congratulations. And Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. And I will say, also kudos to the student section. They were allowed today. Yeah, it made a difference. They did a great job. It, we said you got to do it because it makes a difference. And yeah, we usually have two sections of student section. We had one, but it was full, and the students were great. They were awesome. Yeah. So yeah. kudos go back to the university, and uh, we're sorry. Yeah. Glad to be wrong. Yeah. Love it. All right. We're 30 minutes in. This is a special edition. We're not going to go the full 40. Should we do a little social media roundup? Yeah, there was a couple of funny takes coming out of the uh, Villanova-Kansas game today. We'll do a little bit of a social media roundup, and then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, um, so so we hit on a, a couple of these earlier, so I won't necessarily rehash them, but just checking uh, the Reddit, the Twitter, all that good stuff, some, some good comments. So this one is particularly relevant for our normal Fox sports criticism, and it's it's pretty fitting. So... Uh, evidently at halftime, during the halftime show, which we didn't get to see since we were at the game, evidently Steve Lavin says, Kansas's defensive principles really kept Nova off the line. As this user pointed out, that and 21 of Nova's 31 field goal attempts were from the three-point line. And there you go. Like, just so perfect for Fox Sports, providing the bare minimum of coverage and insight that you can ever have for an actual broadcast. It's, it's unreal. Um, so we've got another, I, I always enjoy just reading the Kansas fans. Um, this Kansas fan says on, on Reddit, can't believe Nova embraced the most annoying aspects of NBA games, referring to, of course, our dramatic three-point shooting. Another user, it worked pretty well against us two years ago, clearly. Um, and we talked a little bit about that, uh, that earlier, too. Um, this is one of my, my favorites, too. Why the fuck are we throwing lobs to Colin Gillespie? 
And of course, the answer is his sick vertical. But <laughs> I mean, look, we we love Colin here. I think we're 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 big Colin fans, and we talked a little bit about the inbounding earlier. So so that was um, that was a, a pretty good one. I, I definitely enjoyed um, this one. Was particularly relevant for us. So we were at the game, and we were you know love the Wells Fargo Center, love going down there, great experience. The music choices were a little bit interesting during the breaks today. So this one was good. Um, nothing gets me pumped up for one of the biggest possessions of my regular season, like the Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> it was Cotton so Eye true. Joe, the Cotton Eye Joe has to go. <laughs> it is. It's not fun anymore. It, everyone's over it. It was like a funny thing. That like shit was twenty. Years. It was t- literally like twenty twenty five years ago. Yeah, but some songs some songs age okay and gracefully. Like Sandstorm was twenty years ago. Like I still like Sandstorm. That's true. That's true. Right. So it's not just pure age, but. Cotton Eye Joe was never that great to begin with, so why are we still playing it? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, this one, classic, Kansas and losing to Nova, name a more consistent duo. <laughs> it's very true. And the last one, and not necessarily a, a comment, but a stat that I guess they threw out, was that Bill Self is, prior to this game, was 172-1 and one when holding opponents under 60 points. After today... 172 and 2. Math brought to you by Rob. Math. But, uh, borderline math, yeah, as we like to say. Borderline math. Brought to you by the full four. All right. One more quick thing yeah. before we go. The unis. Yes. Hate it or love it? Love it. Love I'm all it. in, baby. Here's what I would say. My initial reaction was, oh, no, yellow, bad, when I first saw them. When you beat number one Kansas, though, uh, okay. I'll look, be okay with bringing them back. Look, here, here's the thing. They get another go. Here, here's, here's, here's my perspective. If we had just come up with a random jersey and we're like, hey, we want to incorporate yellow or maize or whatever it is into it because we think it's a nice combination, I would have said, no, that doesn't make any sense. These were our jerseys 50 plus years ago, whatever it may be. So therefore, I'm totally comfortable with it. And they looked fucking awesome. They why did they look good? Why they did they look good? good? They looked good because... Blue and yellow are a great color combination. They were simple. By Michigan and by Notre Dame and now by Villanova. And I loved it. And they were very simple. It was the retro lettering, which we've talked about before on this podcast, and we love. So I've got the retro style that I love. I've got a new great color combination that actually reflects our history. And now we've beaten number one in them. Sign me up. Yeah. (laughs) Quick knock on the jerseys. I went to the Wells Fargo. I was looking at the fan gear. I saw the jerseys they wore today hanging in um, hanging in one of the fan gear shops. I said, that's great. I would like one. And they said, oh, unfortunately, we only have child sizes. Well, you probably fit in that, though. Probably an XL. I should have asked. But <laughs> <laughs> win some, lose some. <laughs> anyway, sign me up for the maize and gold. Let's run it back, baby. Oh, my God. Don't call it maize. It's yellow. It, yeah, it's maize yellow. It's the same thing. Whatever. Yeah. All right. That's all we got. No Xavier preview today. This is a special edition, kind of like a emergency pod. I love how it's an emergency pod, but it's also our weekly cadence. Yeah, true. Yeah. But, but it's the holidays. Sure. So with that, Merry Christmas. Yes. Congrats again. Little early Christmas gift. Santa Indeed. came early. Whoop, whoop. So once again, Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday from here from us at the full 40. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova. 